there is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Net Zero Carbon, our show at Freight Waves, where we deep dive on decarbonization with the lens of freight, fuels, and energy. Today, I'm joined by Jimmy Everhard, CEO and founder of Fluid Truck. Jimmy, how are you? Tyler, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. This is going to be an energetic, fun conversation. And for listeners that don't know, Fluid Truck is a relatively new company that some might say is revolutionizing zero emission last mile delivery. And we'll get into all of that. But before, how about we get the Jimmy backstory? So, uh, yeah, I'm Jimmy Everhard. I'm the founder and CEO of Fluid Truck. Um, you know, sort of entrepreneur, uh, startup fluid in, in 2016 and we're, you know, built out a national, f- uh, framework for people to go out and rent vehicles at touch of a button, they hop on, get one vehicle, go to hundreds of vehicles all across the country. We operate in uh, 60 markets, a little over 400 cities across the U S and really we're, we're transforming the way people use uh, commercial fleets. So as a business, you can start up a, a delivery company, hop on our app. And, you know, get all the vehicles you need, you know, as existing businesses, we allow them to augment their fleet and go from a place where, you know, we have businesses that used to own a fleet of vehicles five years ago that today they don't own a single vehicle and they choose our app to run their whole business run all their fleets. That's exciting that it's grown that fast. What made you jump into this space? Because you're a serial entrepreneur. So have you been focused in and around freight and logistics previously, or is this a, a new challenge for you? I mean, I've always been on the software side and always looked at the mobile phone and how do we use the mobile phone to drive efficiencies. Um, and, and I think on, on here, it really kind of origins of fluid were how do we transform how any type of asset can be used? Um, how do we make it easier, simpler that, you know, all don't need to own the same stuff, have a asset that you may sit around, you know, 90% of the time and then use the 10% of the time just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so how do we bring balance? Um, yeah, to what assets and things are eat. And really looking at the business opportunity out there with fleets, um, we've seen you know a massive uptick in how people shop. And naturally, you know, that migration to the online shopping has now led to a place where you have more and more goods and services being delivered to your house. And so as we kind of look at it is uh you know providing that flexible fleet to uh, businesses out there so they can go out there and get the right asset, the right truck, the right job. Um, you know, simply, quickly, and make it so it's um, seamless to be able to go out there and run the business. Sounds like the right solution at the right time, which I guess careful if you say that to a founder because you're you're always waiting for that perfect storm, but especially after the pandemic. But you're right. It does seem like this is something that is tech-enabled that couldn't have happened 10 years ago, um, that now there's an opportunity in the market to disrupt traditional last-mile carriers. Where have you found... Um, you know, the biggest success, is it from stealing business from guys who are just making life miserable for customers? Like it's an efficiency play or is it there a sustainability angle? What's the, what's the driver for your rapid growth? Well, I think there's a, you know, sustainability should be a part of every business model, no matter what you're building, like it's not sustainable, eventually it's going to happen. Um, but as we kind of look at like the opportunity that's really out there is, uh, you know, big, small, uh, new businesses, old existing businesses, I mean, they now have the ability to get the right vehicle for the right time. And it's you know, taken down from what would traditionally show up to a depot. You wait in line, you have a, another person hand off keys to you. Um, 
to a place where you, you can book it, check it out, have it delivered to you, or uh, go pick up the asset that's conveniently placed near you um, and save you know, hours, um, be able to scale your fleet, never have to worry about you know something goes down or uh, needs to go to the shop. And you know where do you get a vehicle? You cancel your customer. You get a bunch of jobs that come through and all of a sudden, hey, I need another you know, 5, 10, 15, 100 trucks to get the, the work done. You know, we, we enable that kind of flexible um, years to cross all businesses. So good. I think what people fail to realize or appreciate at least is the rapidity at which a lot of these changes happen. You know, 10 years ago, if you're looking for existing um, assets to add to your fleet, it's a, it's a long procurement cycle in many cases. And now that we've got visibility and technology that enables shorter contracting time and easier flexibility and efficiency, there's just an opportunity in, in a lot of markets and this one specifically. Um, so I'm glad you guys have, have honed in on that. I want to talk now that you guys are growing and you're getting probably more and more customer demands for sustainability specifically. Talk about how you guys are ramping up to meet some of those demands. Well, and it's something that, you know, like I said, sustainability and how you're building should always be a part of what you do. And yeah, you know, a lot of companies are looking at how they're, ma- they're handling the transition to EV. I think, you know, looking at like uh, EV vehicles, I mean, never having to stop at the gas station, ever, you know, reducing maintenance, reducing downtimes. So there's a lot fewer moving parts in it. Um, but I mean, effectively enabling that, that user to come up, use an electric vehicle, power it up and charge it where it sits and, uh, you know, allowing, you know, companies to go out there and start that migration. So like Ikea is a customer that we're helping that transition. So they have a target by 2025 to have all their deliveries done through zero emission vehicles. And so we've started deploying that out with Ikea across there. So their independent contractors now have a, uh, a zero emission electric vehicle, uh, electric truck that's at their depots. And so the IC, instead of driving that old dirty box truck to the station, filling it up and then load out and going in the delivery, you know, now they can ride their bike, take an Uber, uh, drive their regular car um, to the station, check out. Uh, our vehicle in a matter of a couple of minutes, load it out and be on the road in a matter of minutes. And so within that, you know, it's a way that we can get those vehicles in. You know, you can have one vehicle that services multiple people across it, effectively driving the cost down and, you know, taking a sustainable vehicle, making it serve more people. So exciting. And that Kia is clearly a first mover on this and trying to do it at scale faster than everybody else. So I'm sure there's unlimited is the wrong word, but there's a lot of growth potential in that market to continue to scale. When you think about scale, though, you've experienced it. You've got EVs on the road. Like, where's the challenge? Where's the hardest part? Where are some of the learnings for being like an early adopter of EVs at scale? Well, I think, you know, um, you know, on the consumer side, you know, electric vehicles have been around for a while. Uh, on the commercial side, you know, it's a much bigger vehicle. Uh, the weight capacity, the battery range, all those things. We've started to see the OEMs and the traditional uh, manufacturers get to a better spot, like looking at like Ford. Uh, definitely leading the charge out there on the, the transit. Um, but, you know, getting to that spot where we're starting to see more and more uh, commercial vehicles come into play. And then it really starts becoming that function of where we start to see the vehicles, uh, whether it be, you know, pickup trucks or cargo vans or even going to small box trucks, um, starting to hit the market. And now it becomes a power infrastructure. And I think, you know, we've got a lot of customers, whether it be like an IKEA that's mapped out and we've been working with them for over two years. Uh, on this transition for their existing fleet. Um, but other customers that, you know, they're trying to dip their toes in the water, figure out, okay, you know, it's not something you can do just overnight. I'm going to order a bunch of EVs, have them show up, 
And then all of a sudden, you know, expect that to go. I mean, infrastructure to charge out in the world doesn't really exist and makes it super efficient from a uh, commercial perspective. I mean, you're charging that vehicle at the station, which means you need a plan for what type of vehicle you're going to need, what type of charging you're going to need. And so we help out customers effectively map that that pathway. And for the ones that are saying, hey, we need to get in front of this now, or we need to create a transition plan, especially where there's uh, local or, or federal guidelines that are mandated. Um, yeah, we help them set that pathway in there so we can make the transition to their electric fleet simple and easy um, and take a, away a lot of the you know, questions, problems, and headaches away from them. So do y'all approach customers as, you know, we're a one-stop shop to electrify a fleet? Obviously, you do more than just electrification. You guys can go deliver the goods with existing combustion engine equipment now just as well as with electric. But you mentioned some of the hurdles, specifically, how do I charge? How do, where do I charge? How long is it going to take? What type of equipment do I need? When you show up to a customer's door, can you provide that direction for them to encompass and answer all those questions? I mean, you know, and we've worked everything where we designed out, uh, put the chargers in, uh, install the equipment. They use our, our network to charge or using third-party chargers, um, you know, across the board. So, I mean, we're kind of agnostic, but we've had to build that core compensate house uh, to make sure that you know, we're executing to make sure that the plan is gets underway and you know, like our focus is to make it simple and easy, whether it's an ICE vehicle or an electric vehicle. Um, we want to take the problems that take, whether it be buying, procuring, uh, managing the infrastructure, make it all simple uh, for our partners so they can around, focus on the job at hand. And, and, you know, I always kind of look at it as like, you know, managing a fleet, buying a fleet, uh, financing, um, you know, looking at how you manage, maintain the, the insurance side, the repairs, all the complexities, I mean, you know, it's one thing we take right on making it simple and easy. So you're using a button on your phone to grab and access the vehicle, go out there, do the work, and we take care of all the other complexities. Because, I mean, frankly, you know, most businesses, if you have to add another business onto it uh, to support your existing business, you know, your chances of being successful, um, you know, decrease. And so by making it simple and easy across the via electric or ice fleet, um, you know, we try to make it simple. Exciting. Talk to me, like, step back a second. Talk to me about scale. I know you guys have grown really rapidly. Um, total trucks, I mean, I know it's a snapshot in time and y'all are constantly growing, but where are you guys at today? Which markets are you in? And what size trucks? You know, I think what's the biggest truck, what's the smallest truck? Yeah. So we do everything non-CDL. Um, we operate in 60 markets across the U.S. So we service almost 80% of the U.S. population. Um, and in every market we'll be in, yeah, we'll have uh, you know hundreds of vehicles, everything ranging from like a cargo van, a hybrid spritzer, all the way up to like a twenty-six foot box truck. And really, we try to find those those vehicles that are, um, you know, a lot of it's looking at like last mile delivery or mid mile delivery. But you know, having vehicles that range from you know everything from scooter companies uh, to contractors to landscape to pools to uh, florists, um, we kind of run the gamut of uh, vehicles. But really, what we're trying to provide is, you know, a flexible fleet of vehicles that meet your need that you can get out there and access and grow your business. Cool. And is the model to y'all buy the truck and then it's short-term leasing? What's the length of term? Will customers come to you for like a, a two-year lease on a truck or is everything much quicker than that? I mean, you can do it for by the hour all the way up to, I mean, some people are, are renting vehicles for, you know, months, years at a time. Um, but really, really what our design is, is what's the right amount of use for you and not try to force you into a structured you must get into this and even though you have seasonality and you don't use the 
the the vehicle or if you're at a lower capacity during these months or these parts of time. Try to make it simple and easy to drive the cost down and make it a lot more flexible for, for our customers. Super valuable. And I'm sure that's part of why it scaled so quickly. I want to talk a little bit about some other challenges with electrification. So when customers come and approach you um, or approach Fluid and want to have their partners work with you. So how does that work? If it's not the customer operating their own fleet, uh, we talk about scope three a lot, right? A lot of people want to have zero emissions in their supply chain, but they don't own or operate the truck. So how do they engage their suppliers and point to a solution like Fluid? Yeah, Tyler, it, it's it's a great point. I think it's probably one of the things that, you know, whether it be a electric vehicle or ice vehicle, um, you know, we allow you to designate the type of vehicle you want to have. And so I think through e-commerce, we've seen this radical shift that more people are buying online, having to look at their home, which means from a brand perspective, the customer experience doesn't stop when that they walk out your door. It stops when the, the goods, brews, goods and services arrive at your house. And so I think it's you know going to a spot where as a brand, as a retailer, being able to control the vehicle that shows up to your door. And you know, I'm sure we've all seen it where you have a beat to hell truck that maybe put out a giant black cloud of smoke showing up. And you know, for like brands like IKEA, you know, that matters to them. They want to make sure what's showing up there is reliable, it's safe, it's clean. Um, and that they want to make sure that the IKEA experience they have in the store, you know, extends all the way to your front door. And so through us, I mean, we allow to them to mandate what type of vehicles are going to be available to their ICs and say, okay, this is what we want to have. This is, we want to have our brandy on the vehicle. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, it's always maintained, it's safe to be uh, driven. And so we take that take away and allow our network, our uh, backend uh, management and fleet management practices will deliver out that vehicle. And so when you, the IC shows up, yeah, it's going to be inspected. It's going to be safe. Always can ensure that the core things are on the vehicle, um, and then you also have the ability to take your brand and, and put it on inside of a vehicle that you don't own as the brand, and that I see is driving around. So that way, you help continue that that, that acceleration of uh, the brand extension from the store to the front door. Perfect. And I see's contractor for clarity for those who aren't following along. How do you think about, or maybe this is a, a weight question? So when customers make a goal like IKEA, you know we're going to have all of our home deliveries by 2025 be on zero emission vehicles. Do those same companies care? Maybe not that that specific company, but the, are you seeing requests for companies that want like proper carbon accounting as a part of this, whether that's from the fleet that's operating it or whether that's the ultimate end customer? Because in my world, that's always been a huge issue is how do we, how do we make sense and report on progress? Yeah, no. And, and I think it's a, it's a key thing. I mean, if it's part of your ESG goals to have uh uh, that carbon capture you're looking, or you know, maybe just you care because it's a uh, part of you know, the function of the owner of the business, or to the shareholders that you want to make sure that you have that accountability. Uh, you're doing what's right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we can provide all that data back into you, so you can you can track and monitor. But I think ultimately, it, it really is about how do we put together a sustainable plan uh, for businesses, and in some cases, you know, EV vehicle may not be the right one to to service it. Um, but looking across, you know, how do we drive the, a a um, you know a less polluting vehicle that's going to be out there, and how do we drive down the overall mechanism to less impact that we're seeing out there across fleets? Yeah, that's important, and probably equally as important for larger trucks that do require CDLs. You ever envision a day where fluids crossing that bridge to get into that uh, fleet management game? Um, 
Yeah, it's something we we look at. I mean, we're still really focused at the uh, um, medium duty and light duty uh, classes out there. Uh, but I mean, we are seeing more and more customers come and say, we love what you've been able to do for us, medium duty or light duty. Um, you know, can you help us out here? And so I, I could see a day where we step into that spot. But I mean, right now, we're so focused at you know, how do we continue to grow the asset base and provide our customers, big or small, uh, you know, flexible fleet that they can do it so forth. Perfect. Perfectly reasonable goal. Let me know when you get in the bigger one. We'll have you back on the show. (laughs) You know, talk to me about some of the like intricacies of EV specific, like are there certain OEMs you guys work with um, or are you agnostic? Do you have, um, well, let's start there. Let's start with the OEM question. How do you guys source? I mean, we work with all the OEMs out there. Um, I mean, some OEMs are a little more advanced, uh, but I mean, really what we're trying to do is give them a, a rapid way to go out. And so we have a, a new EV that comes out. Uh, you know, we were all for, you know, getting out there, getting learning lessons, sharing that information back with OEMs to help evolve what they're building for customers and be responsive to customer demand. Um, so, I mean, we actively work with all the big guys out there and are actually working to see, you know, how do we help them evolve? How do we get those learning lessons back? There are some of the early problems we've seen from customers. Um, how do we take in and address those? Because I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, yeah, this is a, a new uh, your commercial vehicles is a new entry point into the marketplace. Uh, commercial EVs are are something that you know helping get that learning knowledge back to the OEMs, so we can drive cycles out of the overall process. is really key to us, key to OEM, and it helps get our customer at the end of the day um, where they need to go faster. Awesome. That, that kind of leads into my next question around, we talk E all the time, especially with EV. It's got an environmental impact. We all know that. We want to see more of that. But the S is a huge piece, right? And you guys tackle that in many ways in just creating efficiencies for people. I want to know if you guys are getting feedback in the same way you are on you know, EV performance around drivers, like drivers that come and use EVs compared to ICE vehicles. Are you guys soliciting or getting feedback, sharing that with OEMs? Like, What's the finding on how much drivers care about what type of vehicle it is? Um. Well, I, I think ultimately it's uh, drivers do care. I mean, you know, when you're driving down the road, you, you know, safety is always paramount, right? That's first and foremost across it. Um, but also like the performance, the anxiety uh, on the vehicle. You know, if you're running a route that's 100 miles and you only have a buffer of uh, 110 mile range in the vehicle, that, that anxiety plays into it. And then also, you know, just some of the learning lessons on how you use regenerative braking. You know, driving it like a go-kart where you're going from gas to stepping off the gas to slow down. Um, and if you, you know, use the brake pretty heavily, I mean, you deteriorate the, the range of that vehicle. Um, and so there are education cycles. I mean, we, we've created learning lessons and tips uh, for drivers to say, hey, here's how you maximize the range of it. You know, before you uh, take off in the vehicle, leave it plugged in, uh, turn on the heat and precondition the battery before you get going and try to build those things into our application. So it automatically does that for you, and we're helping to maximize the efficiency they use and uh, make a, a more pleasant experience across the board. Super cool. You mentioned the app. Um, I'm sure there's some telematics going on inside the cab in a lot of these as well, tracking anything from location, battery type, driver learning. Any any data insights coming out of the EVs you've deployed from that telematic system? Oh, absolutely. I mean, our, our Fluid Connect is our own proprietary uh, telematics platform that we developed out in-house. And, you know, off of it, we, we monitor and are always looking at how do we optimize? How do we start seeing 
degradation during weather conditions, uh, how big the loads are that are coming out of vehicles, really try to map to a better place, um, you know, to really improve the end user experience and use that from our internal pieces on how to improve the customer experience uh, for how they use access. And, you know, looking at like the range, you know, when we start looking at like how do we start evolving the EB transition, I mean, looking at what the routes that they're driving, how far are they going, number of stops, are they doing a multi-tiered structure where they're going on one delivery set in the morning, another one that goes in the evening, and then what type of uh, charging infrastructure do you need to be able to accomplish that for the types of routes and behavior that their uh, their drivers are doing? So, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to look at it holistically, and there are a lot of different pieces, but yeah, I mean, seems we've been out there doing it, kind of lead the charge out there in the industry. Um, so it gives us a lot of abilities to kind of look and help people, you know, not make the same mistakes that we've seen early on. That's my big takeaway here because a lot of people will call, you know, EVs uh, beachhead sort of technology when we think about hard to evade sectors, right? Long haul transportation, everybody wants to figure it out. What's it going to be? Is it biofuels? Is it hydrogen? Is it EV? Well, we don't know yet. Um, but it's important to look at what's happening in EV already with passenger light and medium duty. And you guys are a perfect example of that where you're seeing those learnings coming back and you're able to iterate and adopt and change. And my hope is as OEMs continue to see and learn from those so that when it's time and the technology and the battery is ready for, you know, a scalable solution for CDL class A heavy duty trucks, that battery electric has a chance to be that solution. So it's exciting to hear. Yeah, no, it's uh, exciting to see the different technologies and like, you know, some of the, the models that you see from a costing perspective, whether it be based off of uh, you know, battery or looking at the hydrogen fuel cell components. Um, but, you know, ultimately it's, uh, you know, that, that reliability, that cost function, and, you know, how do you drive consistency? Uh, you know, all those things coming in together, you know, will eventually lead to the, the right path. And I don't think there is a silver bullet across anything. Um, I think there's going to be you know, the different use cases. You kind of work backwards at, hey, this is what we need to accomplish. What technology drives the economics, uh, drives the uh, experience, and, uh, you know, provides the best overall usership across it. And, and you'll see a hybrid of a lot of those different solutions that need to be uh, integrated across. Yeah. And probably even within your own fleet network, right? Like, do y'all have um, targets or goals of what you want as a percentage of your fleet to be electrified? Or do you just kind of take that as the customer request come? Um, I mean, we, yeah, we do have our internal targets off of kind of what we look at. But I mean, ultimately, we're, we're out there to, to build for the customer. Um, and I think in a lot of cases, like when we look at the, the usage metrics, it, EV makes a ton of sense, but it also requires... Um, you know, fair amount of planning and looking at like how the use case is going to come into play. So it's a, the combination of, you know, what we're forecasting, what we think is going to be the best for the customer. And then more of the natural cycles to get charging installed, to get uh, the vehicles, the right class, the right battery size, uh, to make sure that, you know, what we're deploying out is going to be the optimal solution for them. Very cool. I'm calling it here. This is my, uh, my hypothesis that before y'all exit or scale, to that next level, that there's some sort of EV target percentage as a fleet. I'm just calling it now. We can we we, 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 we have we have one, but I, I still think it's uh it's still early days. I mean, we're still looking at a lot of the first generation vehicles out there, and so you know there also is power grid uh, components and power production um, that needs to be needs to be put in place. And so um, you know we we can try to affect it and move it as quick as possible. But there's a it's not just one person. I mean, there's a lot of different people in the ecosystem that helping that, that transition. Um, so, uh, but we're actually out there prying, testing and trying to be on the forefront of what's happening. 
I love it. Break it, move fast. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you for breaking this down. This is such an encouraging business model shift that's happening in this space. And I'm excited to see it continue to scale for y'all to be successful. Um, I asked all my guests, we're getting close on time. I want to know why this matters to you, Jimmy, when you go home, you know, not just the the efficiency and the fluid truck piece, but like, why does it matter that there's a sustainability angle in the work you do every day? Well, I think it's, you know, trying to make things simpler and easier for our end users, um, you know, trying to make it cost more cost effective. I mean, kind of like a, you know, the recession, you know, are we going to see one? I mean, looking more and more like we're having traction. Um, and when you see layoffs out there, uh, giving people the ability to go out and build business on the back of our, our platform, be able to go out there and scale up uh, uh, cost effectively, um, but being able to, to drive a, a effective transition across society is really what we build why we're out there passionate and focused. So, uh, you know, love, love supporting, love building and loving help uh, other entrepreneurs, other, other business owners out there to make it easier in their lives. So uh, that's where I, I take my pleasure from uh, is when we see you know, a, comp- a company that, you know, five years ago had a fleet management practice and they had their base business and watching them go to a spot where, oh, wow, we can run our whole business, not own a single vehicle and just use fluid for all, all of our vehicles and watching the, the simplicity that drives them and watches them be able to focus more on their core competencies. Um, you know, Definitely take a lot of pride from that. God, that's encouraging. We need more Jimmys in the world. What I'm hearing is I'm trying to simplify and make life easier for people so that they can enjoy life and do it well. We focus on the E all the time. Emissions, environment, new technologies. We always forget to talk about the S, right? And here we're talking about letting entrepreneurs start businesses, run businesses more efficiently and do it in a way that is sustainable environmentally too. But if we can take care of people first, then planet comes after. I think that's important to recognize. Well said, Tyler. Uh, I, I I need your help on the communication side. <laughs> we'll have your people talk to my people. <laughs> now, this is educational, man. Thank you for spending some time with me. I appreciate it. I know our listeners learned a lot, and we'll definitely check back in in the future. I'd love to hear how you guys continue to scale. Absolutely. Now, and I, I love that you're out there uh, showcasing, highlighting what's out there. Uh, you know, we definitely need that more exposure so people can learn faster and uh, you know learn from other people's mistakes and continue to evolve. So, thanks, Tyler, for what you do. My pleasure. Thanks, Jimmy. Take care. All right. Thanks, Tyler. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. 